Feeling tired at the gaming table? Want to hear foul-mouthed jackasses poke fun at gaming companies when they screw up? Want an honest, street-level opinion from a team of gamers that call it like it is? Then Blunt Force Gamers may be the podcast for you. Listener discretion advised. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and gamers of all ages, it is me and my co-host this week because of censorship. I mean, um, yeah, it's the Blunt Force Gamers. Only half of us are here to kind of, I don't know, give a hold of that. What's it like when half the voices you're used to hearing are suddenly gone? So that's going to be this week. Yes, as it is I, Doth Blasphemous, the only other player in the room. Player two, here and ready to play. That's right. Don't hate the game, hate the player. Yes, but it it is definitely a thing of the age we live in where social media is very impactful for gaming i mean i can't tell you how many times it has impacted how my gamers get together because all we have is social media now to get in contact and if there is mass censorship in the way it is you know perceived right now then entire people will be unpersoned online and unable to communicate unless they're using a defunct or third-party service. Well, there's also the other factor that kind of scares me, and I mean, yeah, sure, this is uh, definitely some conspiracy theory-level bullshit like I'm normally prone to do. However, if people start getting deplatformed for whatever reason... You know, and we've had this go on with our games, you know, where they've been overly politicized. Well, now they're talking about making watch lists for people who are in the Trump campaign. You know, basically, oh, these people were part of the Trump train, so we're going to put them on lifelong watch lists in case they do something out of line in the future that we can dredge up this horrible uh, thing later on and hammer them with it. Yeah, I mean, what's next? Are they going to make us wear yellow stars on our chests? No shit, dude. Well, the question comes up is if they're going to start putting people on watch or put all the Trump people on watch lists and slippery slope argument again, when are they going to start putting us gamers on watch lists for buying specific copies of games? Yeah, how many of us are going to be like, oh, well, I bought, you know, fucking uh, Medal of Honor. I mean, am I going to get blacklisted because I did not buy Wolfenstein? The new one? Mm-hmm. Am I going to get blacklisted because I didn't support the newest Mass Effect to come out? Or, God forbid, the next fucking um, Fallout? Yeah, no shit. Or, yeah, because of all the trash uh, that I've said about the latest Fallout. Or how much <laughs> trash we've... Well, we've been doing it more privately about Cyberpunk and how epically they fucked that up. For talking shit, are we going to get fucking lambasted? Yeah, are we going to get lambasted over the fact that we weren't big on the whole idea of CD Projekt Red basically making the character creator overbloated with options because a bunch of people got pissed off because they didn't have representation for smaller demographics of individuals? And it's like, that's not needed. You know, it's a video game. Who cares what's under the underwear? Just play the story, have fun. But whatever. And it's not... uh, People are so obsessed with these things. And when it comes to social media, having the power to unperson someone, make it so that they cannot communicate, so that they cannot move around freely online. You know, when your banking stuff starts coming out, they're like, yeah, you can't use our cards anymore. Where, Where does this end? I mean... I know we've said in the past we wouldn't get political, but this is something that affects all of us, and considering we're the two sitting here, we have to talk about it, because think about it, if they start coming through and doing an inquisition on Discord, how many people are going to be ousted because they had a little bit of an edgy joke two years ago? Yeah, they posted a dank meme five years ago that they completely forgot about. Isn't that how you got taken off a certain uh, social media? Uh, actually, yes, that's how I got taken off of certain social media, because apparently you cannot tell somebody you disagree with to shut the hell up on the internet, because their opinion is stupid. Of course, I said it in much more brusque words, but apparently it was hate speech to tell somebody to shut up. I mean, hell, I've been hit for several minor, you know, couple-day bans on Facebook. 
yeah, over pointless shit. I posted an inspirational picture and got banned because it didn't meet their terms of service. And I'm like, this is inspirational, and it's the kind of crap you guys are supporting. But no, they're <laughs> completely fine with certain other sites sharing, you know, twin-tailed foxes completely banging it out just because there's an emoji over the exact point where the two penises met. Fox Doc. Yep. 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 That's all over, but just because there's a fucking winky face emoji over where the dicks touch doesn't change the fact that you see a veiny fucking cock right there. It's really weird because this is a whole politicization and deplatforming that's been going on with mass uh, media right now actually affects us, uh, a really tiny fucking podcast. Dude, we are a speck of dust in the digital world. I know this, and I intentionally keep us small. We're just dust in the wind, dude. I intentionally keep us small, and I finally closed our official Blunt Force Gamers Twitter last night uh, because I can no longer foresee that being a viable platform not only to, to communicate uh, our podcast and the views we have and to try to support other gamers and help GMs up their game with little bits of advice here and there. I can't do that anymore because the platform may come back to haunt me that we have a episode that we posted three years ago or so. Somebody catches wind of it, and next thing I know, we're getting deplatformed and called Nazis because we had, oh my god, an opinion about a game. Yeah, or God forbid, some of the slightly edgier stuff, which were said, funny enough, by podcast members who are not here today, and in, at the time it was relevant information. It wasn't just out of the blue, but these were topics because we do not hold back. We are the blunt force gamers. Yeah, we would call it like it is. That's the way it's always been, and I keep us small on purpose, just because, and that's the thing, is a lot of content makers out there are just like us. They keep things small and under the radar. They don't have very many uh, users. I mean, we only get maybe 50 downloads a month if we're lucky. And that's yeah. like a really hot topic episode. And I'm kind of scared to go beyond that of getting noticed and getting uh, railed into the culture, can the cancel culture. And a lot of other content makers are just like us in that regard. They don't want to become the next big thing because if they do, it's just going to bring the hate mob. Yes, because that's how they control the new people who are moving up. Because think about it. The whole thing with uh, PewDiePie. You remember, what, five, six years ago? He was just PewDiePie. He was like, oh, he got famous because he plays games and does stuff that's funny on, on the YouTubes. Yep. Nowadays, you know, he basically retired and he's a multi-millionaire. But people still attack him. They break into his home. They smear all kinds of smut about him all over online just because he had an opinion once. Oh, yeah, he he basically paid a bunch of guys on Fiverr to do a stupid joke. Mm -hmm. And it was dumb. It was stupid. He admitted it was dumb and stupid. He did it for the shock value. And, oh my god, they just raked him over the coals over that. And it's just... That's something I don't want our podcast to deal with. That's why I keep us small and, and insignificant in the greater scheme of things. Yes, there are some game masters out there who will take some of our game advice and it will eventually spread out and move along kind of like a uh, fake virus from 2019. But yeah. ours is more virulent and will actually get out there among some gamers. Hey, and <clears throat> there's only a 0.08% difference between survivability of listening to us and catching the coof. That's right. And hey, who knows? Maybe your game master might learn something from us. I don't know. I haven't learned shit. And for the few and I'm the host. who actually have listened, I thank you. Absolutely. Because you guys are the reason we do this. We're just throwing this information out into the ether. And we know that 50 billion other podcasters have done it since Nerd became chic, what, three years ago? It was more like six. Just right before... D&D uh... &D launched their own brand of clothing. They launched their own brand of clothing, but I want to say it happened just before the blowout with Gamergate. Yeah, yeah, it was the build-up, and that's why it became popular and made money, and that's why it became an issue. Yeah, I think when uh, Gamergate went mainstream is when people started being like, "Oh, gaming, what's all this about? And started diving in. Yeah, and it's just one of those things, like, we've tried not to be political for a long time, and we try to stay middle of the road based on facts, but that's... 
It's not all of us. Some of us have very strong opinions on certain things. Did I, like, fucking, um... You completely kibosh me when I try to make a political joke. Did I? Yeah. Go ahead. Do no, it. no, it, it's, uh, it's passe now. No, no, do it. I, I, I was making some comment about how the Dems were corrupt. What, what, what? You were just making a political joke just now. Finish up. Do it. I forget where I was going. I love you wrong time. Do it. <laughs> but but it's one of those things where we try to just present a podcast. But right now we are having to pull back in because we have real lives. We have stuff outside of the podcast that we have to do every day. Jobs we have to go to. People we have to interact with. And we're pulling back right now because we do not want to be grabbed and lambasted because we make content and don't hold back. That's, that's our shtick. That's our shtick, and it really, and our shtick has really been a, sh- a shtick in the mud, especially lately, because you've seen it, we bitch about this every week, and we have for months, and it's not an episode, we can't do an entire podcast episode over it, but the politicization of gaming has gotten so out of control that even our game groups are starting to bust up. People who have watched each other's children, or come over to hold back some girl's hair while she vomits at a party... Friends, people, people who like who the shit out of each, each other. We've been to each other's weddings. We've been to each other's weddings, you know. And, and it's breaking friendships, breaking game <clears throat> groups. It's been breaking up families. There have been more divorces I've seen this year than any other year. Yeah, it's totally going out of control in gaming. Like we're a gaming podcast, and that's where I'm on. You know, I mean, I'm glad I'm not married because I probably would have been divorced twice this year. You know, so divorced it had to be done twice. But yeah, even game groups, you know, where, and gaming has always been one of those hobbies that makes friends for life. If you're in a game group, that's really solid. And even those are starting to fracture now from the political divide. And I just wanted to play chicken tindies and, you know, eat D20s. That's basically, you know, it, it started out where we just wanted to sit around and play some games. And, you know, people can have their opinions and what all, but some people just would not let up. And... Now that they believe their fucking team colors are there, their people have won the Super Bowl, they're becoming relentless in just going after people. And it, it's to the point where people are literally being reported on Twitter for uh, argument IRL that happened weeks ago. Now, now, here's one question, and this has been a joke in our gaming circle forever, and... It does make me a little bit nervous, mm. and it should make you nervous because you're a game master. Because we all know that being a good GM means having as much information as possible at the tips of your fingertips pertaining to the game you're running. If you're running Cyberpunk, you should know things about weapons. Or computers. Computers, hacking, chemistry, uh, the certain demographics about laws. You know, like, why is crime higher in certain parts of a city based on economic factors or, you know, diversity factors, or just plain factors of the landscape, like terrain. Yeah. Crime can be instituted... Yeah, in, crime can happen just because a place is shit. You know, just, just overall, it looks nasty. Nobody respects the environment they're living in, so they're going to just trash it more. And then when they trash it, crime happens. That kind of stuff. Hey, we don't have to talk about the reservations. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, wait, you're brown. You can say that. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, you got me beat there. Drive-by tomahawking. You ju- yeah, you just... Oh, uh, I keep forgetting the border jumped your family. <laughs> yes. Oy, you That's got how me. Mexican we are. The border jumped us. You got me there. Damn it. Anyway, what I'm, what I'm trying to get to uh, with this whole aside, anyway, is knowing as much as you can as a GM, and, of course... With them talking about making watch lists now for people who do things on the internet that are sketchy, like Firefox is talking about this shit, of course Twitter and Google are talking about this stuff, Facebook is tracking everything they possibly can fucking track. It's going to be really difficult to be a game master, especially when I'm probably already on an FBI watch list for looking up how much info does it take to level a building. But as a game master... I might have a player who walks in with a gallon jug of Anfo and decides to toss it into a barn. I need to know what's going to happen. So, as a, a game master or a gamer, I think that a lot of us gamers um, pop up on watch lists every once in a while with, say, the ATF, DEA, 
FBI. Oh, we're probably on there when we tried to prove that uh, in what was it D20 Modern that C4 has a bigger blast radius than 10 feet. Yeah, there, there was, uh, of course, the goddamn D20 Modern. C4 does not have a blast radius of 10 feet. An 8-ounce brick. We're not just talking about a fucking P. No, they said an 8-ounce brick. An 8-ounce brick has a blast radius of 10 feet. I would say 20? 20 would be a good variable for 8 estimate of 20. Conservatively, yes. Well, it's a full brick. It's a full brick, but there's also environmental factors to deal with. Is it... Is the C4 inside, like, trees or a bunker? No, they just put it on the back of a camel and set it walking. Yeah, did they put it on the back of a camel and just, you know, send it off? You know, so we, as gamers and GMs, we, we look up a lot of... A lot of weird shit. A lot of weird shit. So, honestly, right now, with certain people's behind a podium over in Washington, D.C., saying that there needs to be watch lists and checks and balances, how long is it going to be until a bunch of guys in black suits bang on my door... Start asking me questions, and the only defense I'm going to have is to point to a pile of D&D books. Yeah. Be like, I needed to know the flight speed of an unladen arrow. I needed to know exactly how much force it took for someone to drive a knife through flesh. There's, and of course, my favorite question uh, presented to me back in, like, 96. What's the difficulty and damage of dropping the rear tire of a sports bike on someone's chest? Locking the front brakes and gunning the engine. Yeah. Well, to find this information, I'm going to have to look in some really weird places on the internet. And of course, with my internet history, they're going to be like, why the hell is Game Goblin researching how to kill people with a motorcycle? Or torture them at the very least. God, hot rubber on the chest? Jesus, fuck that. Oh, oh. That's some nubby tires? Oh, dude, that makes my sternum hurt just thinking about it. Oh. Oh. But, you know, it. we just want to be on the level with everyone. Absolutely. Because it's going to affect a lot of stuff. And we're not hardcore partisans trying to push a political agenda on you. We are try, We try like fuck to be middle of the road. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, we we have no we have skin in the game only because this is where we live. But other than that, we try not to be political. Um, I know we joke and jab and you know push fun, especially at the foreigner. Um, but it's one of the things of we we have to be able to survive, and we worry not just for us but for the people who actually listen to us because. You know, there were times in the past where all you had was the underground radio to tell you about what the Allies were doing. And remember, no one in a war thought they were the bad guys. So right now, we've got we've to figure out how we're going to make things move forward in gaming so that it's not ending up that someone decides, oh, fuck this game group, I'm going to go turn them in and put them on a watch list, you know, totally 1984 us. But yeah, especially with the banning of books. Fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, the banning of books. I mean, this is the exact same list of books. I compared it to the ones the Puritan Christians were doing in the 80s. Look. Fahrenheit 451, Slaughterhouse 5. Are, are we going to start getting, like, the Ministry of, uh, of Truth to start banning certain gaming books? Older ones that, you know, no longer hold the values of the modern era, even though they were published in a different time when people thought differently? Yeah. Uh, books are a great way to get insight on the way people thought in the past like Mark Twain his thoughts and opinions would definitely not fly these days oh god no but it still or gives H. great H. insight Lovecraft how many oh. of these blue haired fucking check mark motherfuckers love the shit out of the Cthulhu universe but they hate the shit out of the racist guy and I get that I hate the shit out of his racism but you gotta be able to separate the work from the person in for everything a, for a good laugh yeah. Look up his cat's name. <laughs> <laughs> Just for a good laugh. And that'll tell you how racist H.P. Lovecraft was. But I can still respect his writings. I can still respect the trials and tribulations he went through to get to where he was an actual published author of renown. Mm-hmm. But as a person... And even then, most of his fame wasn't until after he was dead. Yeah. As a person, I don't have to like him or respect him, but I can still appreciate what he did. It's it, Strangely enough, it's one of those things I learned from sci-fi and gaming is you can hate someone and still respect them. Mm. Thank you, Martok. And that's another thing is we've watched over the years 
these people come into our fandoms and destroy them. I mean, look at what they did to Star Wars. Thank God for the Mandalorian, because that is the last great hope of Star Wars, is the universe they're creating. Well, Favreau is, in all respects, the Jedi Padawan of Lucas. Yeah, and it even beyond that, we look at Star Trek, they're basically gone. Picard was a fucking garbage fire. That was preachy as hell and completely tore apart what the next generation stood for. And I hate Star Trek, and I'm appalled at what they did. Star Trek lost me at the first... Or no, not Star Trek. Picard lost me at one instance, and I wasn't even really thinking about it. I just wanted to just turn my brain off and enjoy the ride, and then think about it later. Instead of, you know, walk in and just judge every scene by scene. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, the way we used to watch movies and TV. Oh, yeah, we used to just fucking turn your brain off, watch it, and then you'd argue about it later. Yeah. One of the things that got me, though, like, right out of the gate, is they pull in the bait-and-switch evil twin thing. Oh, it's basically uh, Space Dallas. So, without God, the... Uh, God, and STD, thank God, this season's over, and hopefully it's the last one. Because apparently Maki Spock is just God Christ Jesus... Even though the original Star Trek actually had a Christian message? It had a lot of messages. Uh, the whole point of Star Trek to begin with was to present an argument from both sides of the narrative in a, such a way that you could see the merit on both sides of the argument. It was and supposed to be basically a morality play. Yeah, and you see it in, what was that, uh, Star Trek Two? Which one was the one they had to go get the whales? Oh, uh, I think it was Star Trek Four: Save the Whales. I can't remember, but it's the uh, one yeah. where Kirk and um, Spock are sitting on a train in what's supposed to be, you know, the the 2040s or whatever. And he's like, "Oh yes, people cuss a lot. It's how they communicate in this time." That was the 1980s. Yeah. Either way. But it's one of those things where, like, they were better than that now. In Star Trek, you can't go two fucking uh, lines of dialogue without someone cussing, and I cuss a lot. And you just did it, dude. It, it's actually I'm a true. degenerate, though. But somebody else is supposed to be the best of the best with honors, sir. Doing it for the good of the collective. Absolutely. But no, you've got them sitting there swearing like a sailor. Somebody has pointed that out in a meme that basically the new Star Trek is exactly what Spock said: is unless you're dropping a uh, slur. Every few words, nobody's listening to you. No. And the new Star Trek has become just what Spock was saying is normal back in the 1980s with some punk rocker cussing a, a lot. It's, just, it's fucking hilarious. It's so strange. And you see it all over. Like, I love The Expanse. But I'm getting really tired of this message they're trying to put out on it. So... Uh, I think for the second half of today's episode, because we've been pretty dour. Oh, we've been really fucking morbid on this. Uh, well, I mean, with I've been watching the news. I've been watching the exodus from Parlor. I've been watching the stocks and Twitter fall. I've been watching Facebook shadow ban and just outright ban people. I've been watching the ACLU condemn Twitter and Facebook, for, of all things. Uh, the, the politics escape as it pertains to gaming is pretty fucking wild right now. And... I think we should try to end on somewhat of a positive note that maybe there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Star Wars, then? Not Star Wars. Alright. Star Wars is fucking dead to me. Dead, you hear me? I used to... I was watching uh, a Star Wars thing the other day, and it opened up with a text crawl, and the music swelled up, and it opened up, and I was thinking, wow. When I was a little kid, and I watched the original trilogy, this would excite me. Even when I was feeling like a battered housewife and watching the prequel trilogy, this moment used to excite me. Mm. Now it's like, I just can't wait for the crawl to be over so I can just get the things moving on screen because that's all they're going to do. Remember when you used to read the crawl? Yeah. The dead speak. Anyway. <laughs> oh, God. Here, I'm trying to get on track and getting off track at the same time. And I just realized something. Mm. I'm a horrible person. I'll deal with it later. Anyhow, uh, as far as for the future, Discord is currently not being super purged, and thankfully, whoever the admin is or administration team for whatever Discord you're on, so if you make your own, at least you can gatekeep who comes into your community. 
So if you make a gaming community that's going to be a mature game that has themes in it that most people would find uncomfortable, but your game group is aware of this beforehand that the game has mature themes. Like right now, I'm running a Rifts game, and I'm running the Coalition as intended. They're nationalist socialists. Straight up. And actually, it's really a highly voted uh, video, because I made a video and put it on YouTube, and people are loving the shit out of it, the way I'm presenting the Coalition as being basically uh, post-apocalypse Nazis. People are loving that because I'm holding to the lore of the game, the original intention of the way they acted, and I'm presenting them in such a way that it doesn't just humanize them, but it also makes them more fleshy. You know, instead of just being, you know, cardboard cutouts of, oh, those are the evil bad guys, the evil bad guys have motivations, they have reasons, they enlist in the military for a purpose other than just genocide, you know, it yeah. gives them more of that third dimension, and people are just really responding well to that video, I'm actually thinking now I'm going to do one on the Midwest, uh, basically the uh, Cowboys in Post-Apocalypse book. And, and go on that angle because, you know, I love cowboys and stuff. And I grew up on that stuff. So I'm thinking I'm just going to go straight over from... Yeah, you, you you definitely remind me of a little Joe. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm still going in different ways. Little Joe, would you like to buy something? Anyway. That was more of a hoss. Uh, you can gatekeep, though. Like, I can put up my videos on or BitChute or YouTube or any of the other sites that are now cropping up in mass. And I can post these videos, I can keep them completely uh, private, mm -hmm. and post them in my Discord, so only my game group knows about that. Originally, yeah. I made the, um, the the Coalition video for my group, because they're all new. They, they have no idea who the bad guys are. Yeah. So I wanted to present the bad guys as they are designed by the original core book, so my players would have an idea of what they're going to be running into down the line. Yeah. It goes with the theme of the game and everything, so... I threw that in, and I just made that video public by accident, and people really love it. So, that's awesome. And one game group, uh, actually the GM, played it for his group as a transmission interruption. So basically, the, the group is running around, and coalition propaganda starts playing. <laughs> like, legit propaganda. So that was great. And his group just loved the fuck out of it. <clears throat> but on Discord, at least they're not being policed to the point where you can gatekeep, you can put your videos on there, so if you are doing things like I'm doing with my game group, you can make your own videos, post them in your Discord, and you're, you're your own... I know walls don't work, but you're in your own gated community. <laughs> uh, I'm just putting that out there. I, I used to do Facebook. You remember that when I did Facebook groups. Oh, yeah. I am reticent. It was basically a news channel for fantasy in-game news. It was. I, I'm reticent now, though, to put stuff like that up because they now have Ministry of Truth Watchers. Mm -hmm. And if I talk about something that's in-game and some fact-check watchdog person is sliding through and I've already gotten a black mark on my permanent record from public posts I've made in an argument with somebody else... And somebody decides to go take a closer look at my account and see my activities and see that I'm dispensing advice to other people on the proper use of thermite. I could be in a real shit creek situation. Because mm -hmm. thermite's serious stuff. I'm just saying, you know, I just said that, you know. Oh, yeah, don't you know? Oh, yeah, no. So now anybody playing the, the drinking game now has to take three shots. But wait, 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 it's a double shot if it's with a uh, fucking Midwest accent. Oh, don't you know, going up to the UP. That's more Wisconsin. Yeah, Midwest. That. Okay, dude, whatever. Well, I'm just saying... A, when it... a, people who live around the Great Lakes, the basically inland seas. Anyway, what I'm saying... Is with your social media stuff, if you're doing any game stuff on it, right now is the best time to hunker down and turtle. Anybody who's played PvP knows what turtling is, yeah. and this is a time for, if you have a game group, to turtle, especially with your social media presence. You know, if you're acting in a, in a public sphere like Plebit, definitely, you know, 
be concise to the point. Don't argue. Don't debate. Don't present any options or questions that might be blatantly uh, misconstrued. You don't want to be taken off to the gulag because of the slip of a tongue. Or the cannibal island. Yeah. 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 So, taken out in the rice field and shot. I, I would just like to say, though, that right now... Uh, Parlor needs to kick in and actually make groups. Uh, they don't have that yet. Uh, but considering how their stock is doing lately, and if they manage to make it through the current purge, if they add groups, I would say that would be an excellent option for a site to go on to and make your own group for your games. MeWe, you can also make groups for your games that are not as censored as, say, other groups. Uh, same as Gab. Uh, the ult the frog alternative to Twitter. So there, there's still light at the end of the tunnel. You can still engage in social media and still uh, connect with your game group. Because Who knows if one of my gamers is going to ask a question at 3 o'clock in the morning about the game. Or, you know, 3 o'clock in the morning they message me on Thursday that they're not going to be able to make Saturday's game. Sure, they could send me a text, but at 3 o'clock in the morning I'm usually trying to sleep that's a bad time to text so you know social media also is good for that kind of communication because of sleep schedules work schedules family schedules posing questions to the whole group of do we want pizza or do we want to order chinese absolutely you know like oh we're carpooling but do you want us to stop by freckle bitches and pick up some burgers on the way do we need to grab another case of do or are we feeling more of a fresca this week fuck fresca yeah, some people like it. I don't know. I've been getting into tonics lately. Uh, yeah, you haven't seen season two. No. Of <laughs> the boys. No, I haven't even gotten through season one. Yeah, it, it's hard to sit through season two, but fuck Fresca. I I have to admit though, the Deep is actually one of the most complex characters, and the actor, every scene he's in, is fucking gold. Uh, especially since, and it's, it's ironic because the Deep is the the worst of the worst characters there. Basically, I mean, the first time you basically see the Deep, he's sexually abusing their newest member. Yeah, and with his member, you know, straight up, he's a bad dude. But he's the only superhero or super dude or whatever the fuck on the team of the seven who's actively seeing a therapist. He's actively being proactive to try to better himself in some ways. He's not very successful at it, but none of the other uh, of the six... Well, Starlight doesn't count in the first season because she's new. So the other five of the seven, they're not trying anything. They're just doing whatever they do in, in smoking or killing or dealing with whatever coping mechanisms they have. The deepest thing a therapist. Wow, he's got a redeeming factor. Speaking of redeeming factors, and we're going to bring it around to people losing them. Uh -oh. You remember the X-Men, don't you? Oh, yes. Uh, what was that? A metaphor used in the 60s to describe people of the LGBTQ community? Uh, not just that community, but anyone who's being discriminated against in general. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. you remember the, uh, the Nightcrawler. Oh, yeah, he was way cool back in the 80s. Yes, back when he was still a Catholic monk. And a swashbuckler. Oh yeah, and a swashbuckler. Well, now he's going to be the Pope of the new X-Men religion. And he's going to completely drop Christianity, apparently. Because they decided to move off onto an island and basically go with Magneto's original plan because it's easier to write that. Because then they don't have to talk about hard subjects. I have a feeling like somebody just replaced... The gray meat in my skull with cat food. I, I seriously feel like my medulla oblongata and my the, the the big lump in the back, the reptile thing, is just been replaced with cat food right now. Yeah, yeah, this is what they're doing in comic books, and they literally fired a whole bunch of people recently in both Marvel and DC, and forgot to tell them. But but that's the thing is they've fired so many people and gotten rid of so much. They're, they're trying to pull in, but they're doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on the whole thing of this social justice stuff. I mean, look at what they're doing with the Star Wars comics, with Marvel comics. They're wanting to 
retire the Punisher's skull symbol and basically everything the Punisher stood for permanently. They are literally pushing for them to remove the Punisher name, symbols, everything, and he's not going to be what he was. And the co-founder, Stan Lee's friend who survived this long, is actually pushing that too because he's just trying to keep paychecks coming in. You know, these are the things that are happening is we're seeing the end of an era and they keep trying to compete with, you know, Eastern comics who are able to tell interesting stories about characters we actually want to know more about. There's a reason that stories like One Piece have lasted this long. There's a reason that Naruto not only went on for fucking ever, but got a sequel, as cringy as it is. There's a reason that they brought Dragon Ball back out of fucking mothballs and made Dragon Ball Super. You know, there's all this stuff going on in the anime world where they're still just telling stories not given a fuck. Yeah, some of their shit is creepy, you know. I believe in a Shota quota and it's always full so there's no new Shotas that should be involved. Or, you know, any of that other shit they do. But yeah, there the Shota quota is full. Yeah. Definitely. It's like, uh, was it Uzaki-chan wants to hang out. I I had my doubts, and I thought it was just going to be another fan service anime. And then I sat down and watched it. And then I started reading the, the manga for it, which is really hard to fucking do at, you know, 2 a.m. when you're sitting there on your lunch break. And, you know, it's tiny, tiny type on a digital screen. But, yeah, and there's no zoom. It's the worst. But anyways, it, it's one of those things of they're able to present this slice-of-life anime and it literally just be about these two people, trying, one trying to pull the other one to have more fun and do something. I think one of the neat things about anime and social media, since that's our topic, ironically, is doing one thing that the Puritans that we used to have to deal with when we were younger are doing now. Because there was, of course, like, back in the 80s, we had the Satanic Panic with D&D. And now you got the Puritans who are like, oh, well, we can't show you this on TV because it'll influence you. And we can't show you this in books because it's wrong think. And again, anime is giving zero fucks on the situation. And the fun part is, like, one of the first animes I saw uh, early 90s was Ninja Scroll. Oh, God. And there's a specific scene in that movie... That cannot be shown uh, outside of basically the DVD or uh, non-commercial aspects. So if you were to show it on TV, that scene has to be cut. But if you're watching it at home on DVD, yeah, you could totally watch that scene. But it would not be allowed in a Western movie whatsoever, even on the DVD cut. Even in an animated feature film nowadays. Because it is just rape culture. No, it's a bad dude doing bad things. And you know what? It didn't influence any of us. And this was like when anime first started taking off here in the States. Like, when it really started picking up steam. And, yeah, we'd go to conventions, we'd debate anime, but, of course, Ninja Scroll is a classic, so it would often come up in talks. And nobody ever said, oh, that scene makes me want to go out and, you know, find a gal who's passed out and lick her hoo-hoo. Nobody was influenced by it because we took it at face value. It's entertainment. Yeah, it, it's a thing where there are people who can tell the difference between reality and fantasy. There are people who have an actual borderline where, yeah, they may go home, put themselves in a gimp suit, and whack off to, you know, terrible, terrible drawn pictures. But then they take their clothes off, they shower up, they go to bed, they wake up the next day, go to their fucking accounting job, and do what they have to do to get by. They have a line. They have reality they know they have to get back to. That doesn't mean, you know, you should prosecute them because they like to wear leather and you're part of fucking PETA or some shit. Or you're a vegetarian, you don't like the fact that they eat extra big cheeseburgers. But, you know... It's strange how these people say all these things, uh, that they're not like the Puritans of the 80s, but they will go after you for anything. Yeah, the same Puritans of the 80s, the ones who are instigating the sat satanic panic, uh, ironically, 
uh, it was mostly conservatives and mad mommies and Karens. They, they were basically Karens. yeah, they were Karens for the most part. It was Karens and a lot of the same stuff that was happening with video games, uh, with that fucking asshole Jack Thompson, uh, you know, straight to Anita Sarkeesian. It's all Kens and Karens, you know, doing the same fucking moral grandstanding. And now we got Twitter and Facebook and stuff, and the, the gaming communities, even CD Project Red is folding in, in some regards on this topic now. But a lot of these AAA game developers are doing the exact same thing, as they're standing on the moral grounds of superiority, telling everybody else what they can and cannot do. Yes. It's fucking bullshit. You I still know. like the fact that uh, Trump is glorifying violence, which is the reason why he got banned. And we've been over this, you know, there's several Alatoyas and despots and dictators and whatnot who are still on Twitter. And nobody has ever brought up the uh, the skeleton of Manveer Hare with EA Games and the stuff that he was glorifying doing to a demographic of people. Because if you took white out and added anybody else and said, oh yeah, we should just throw black people out windows. Holy shit, that would have been a firestorm. Mm-hmm. You know, we should throw women out windows. A fucking firestorm. But he's like, no, we can throw whites out windows and it's okay. He's blatantly saying racist shit and EA didn't spank him. Twitter didn't spank him. He's glorifying violence over a demographic that he's not a part of. Mm-hmm. Nothing happens. No, because it's all selective and it's all about the hype train. And you know what? It. We're in an odd time, because I remember the glory days of the late 90s, early 2000s, where the fucking horizon was as big as you could fucking imagine and more. Now it has all been reined in. It has been, you either run by night, or they catch you in the light, and you're going off to a fucking gulag. They will unperson you on everything. They will even take away your ability to... uh, do transactions and you know I never really cared about Alex Jones I thought he was hilarious that's about it if I needed a good laugh I'd watch something but I didn't watch religiously or any of that but when they unpersoned him that was a fucking shot across the bow remember remember how fucking lit up I got when they uh, deplatformed Alex Jones I got fucking lit about that and very few people listened to me I was like, if they can do that to the biggest guy on the block, that's a message that can do it to anybody. And here we are, a few years later, and there's mass censorship sweeps happening all across the board to just everybody from casual users to news uh, reporters to independents. Mm-hmm. I said it could happen. Nobody listened. No. Because if they can do it to Alex, who was the biggest uh, bear on the block, basically... Most recognizable. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things of... What we're seeing is going to affect gaming deep. You know, when it came to the point where they're talking about already doing a new edition of D&D, and it's going to be... You just put a name on the on the sheet. None of it doesn't affect anything about your character. Yeah, it doesn't have classes. It doesn't have races. Nobody has negatives. No, it's all just positives, and it's a fucking... Power fantasy, basically. It's it's like a participation trophy with uh, dice rolls. Well, participation trophy that costs you $90 a book. Pretty much. It's actually really cool, too, because a lot of uh, D&D gamers that I've uh, been reading about on different forums and stuff, every one of them agrees that the new D&D will be absolute garbage, because one of the things they like about it is the fact that you have negatives to try to overcome. It's part of the challenge of the game. You know, it's built-in mechanical factor that becomes a narrative factor that, yeah, the game isn't fair, the playing field isn't level, and to get to where you want to be, level 20, you have to work for it. And in some cases, you have to work harder in some aspects than somebody else might have to. Yeah, as much as I would like to be a sorcerer that has really good perception, it's not in the cards. It's kind of hard to be an orc diplomat, but if you can pull it off successfully, then you're better than other diplomats. Yeah, and that that's one of the things is it's coming from a culture of nothing's ever bad, you never do anything wrong, you are always the main character. 
I, I really look at it as it is an unfortunate side effect of anime where everyone wants to be the main character. They want to have the fucking harem fantasy. They want to have the fucking, I'm always right, I'm always the winner. I can walk into any place and be friends with everyone immediately. But no, I remember Harry Potter had a lot of people that hated him for no fucking reason. That's why he wasn't a Mary Sue. I remember Luke had people who really hated him for almost no reason. That's why he is not a Mary Sue. We're wanted in two star systems. Yeah, that too. You know, but we... Life is ups and downs, and no matter how much you try to always stay up, that just means when you hit down... You're going to hit hard and for a long time. Life is a ball pit filled with razor blades. Push someone else in first. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, was that a little too nihilistic? Eh. <laughs> it's just the two of us today, so we don't have any fucking bright lights or, you know, fancy labels. Mm. Okay, fine. Life is a roller coaster. Unfortunately, it's Roller Coaster Tycoon. <laughs> uh, life is like a walk in a park. Jurassic Park. You, uh, you know, actually, this is actually a good one to quote one of my friends for. Because mm. uh, he pulled the quote off of uh, Forrest Gump. My mama said life is like a box of chocolates. Some assholes already gone through and eaten all the good ones first. <laughs> <laughs> But it, it's just in gaming. Think about it. Think about how handholdy new RPGs are. How railroady. God, new gamers would not be able to play EverQuest at all. I don't think they'd be able to play fucking uh, Zelda. Like, everyone talks about how they're a big Zelda fan. They've never touched the original Zelda. They've I mean, never been given, here's a world, here's a stick, poke around. Yeah, here's a world, here's a stick, make your own fun. I mean, I get the crowd that plays uh, Dead, uh, blah, 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 and now you died. I, I know the crowd that plays Dark Souls. You know, they're pretty legit. Uh, mm, it's, to a degree, they seem to be a lot more um, bandwagony than you would think. Because I, they, they I are pretty bandwagony lately. They are pretty bandwagony, but like, I'm talking about the, the tried and true ones who really like the game for the fact that it doesn't hold your hand. Mm-hmm. All because of a mistake by the manufacturer not to print out the fucking manual. <laughs> it was all an accident. The game was like super hard because they were like, um, yeah, we were supposed to ship a manual. Oh, too late. They love it. Uh, people do like roguelike games. I understand this. Uh, but old school gaming, especially compared to new school, like we didn't have quest tracking journals. You didn't even have a list. You would have to write that down on paper and pray to God you never lost that. You'd have to memorize that shit. Like, you would do, like, one quest at a time. It was like, okay, I've got to go over to the Feywild, and I've got to kill ten elves and collect ten wolf pelts and recover the idol from the dungeon. Go. Or you get, or you kill a no one. idea which direction. Yeah, with no idea. Or you'd get an item that would say quest item. That was the only clue you got to keep that item. Mm-hmm. And nine times out of and the community was way different because if you did get one of those, you're like, hey, I just got a giant's head off of um, Admiral Akbar. What do I do with it? Somebody else in zone would shout out back at you, you know, suggestions as to who you're supposed to go see to start the quest. You know, so people were a lot more talkative back then about helping others with quests because they were hard. People needed help. And if you saw somebody else who needed help, you were like, Oh, yeah, you gotta go see, you know, Jack Schmidt in Freeport. Yeah. Go. You know, so you get clued in, but now there's, you know, little fucking golden pathway trails and God almighty, like, little windows within windows of journals and stuff to keep oh, you on par. maps on maps on maps. You have a map of a dungeon you've never been in before. Yeah. And this is coming from the same group of people who are like, oh... Well, when playing D&D online, you need Fog of War up. And I'm like, why? If your people are cheating that bad, don't game with them. Yeah, we need Fog of War up. No, basically, you look at your miniature, or you look at the little indicator, and you're like, okay, my indicator does not pass that wall. I cannot see past it. Good. Yeah, people have forgotten how to use that thing called an imagination. But as far as social media goes right now, um, 
I'm pulling up ten stakes on more of the sites. Like I said, I, I squashed Twitter last night. And the purge, the way it's happening, I do right now personally fear for all gamers. Because if they keep up, you know, this idea of making records and lists and the law gets involved and stuff, it won't be long until uh, all the ideologies that we've been railing against in roleplay books for the last five years start actually starts coming true. Mm-hmm. You know, where you have to buy a book and then donate the breast cancer awareness and feminism empowerment social studies groups for college or whatever without getting a black mark on your book buying record. Yeah. You know, or you bought a specific cop like let's say I buy the book of um, evil and horror for D&D. You know, so I, I buy the book of ultimate evil. Will that book now get me flagged? Because it has situations and encounters in it that might be considered not politically correct. Or what if you want to go and start reading Goblin Slayer, the manga? Mm. Are you going to get a black mark because the opening fucking chapters have, you know, the terrible R-word happening? If you go out and rent a girly movie, or God forbid you're searching around on an adult site, is that going to get you red flagged? Because you're keeping up uh, societal norms? Yeah, they're, well... If they're talking about making, you know, lists to track those who were Trump trained now, and as I've seen the pattern uh, evolving over the last few years, how long is it going to take before somebody says, well, we need to start making lists of people who buy these specific books or watch these movies? Mm-hmm. You know, especially with the fact that, you know, if you say something wrong on YouTube now, you can have your uh, donor site, basically, that you're making money off of. Say, oh yeah, you're, nobody can donate to this person anymore. Or um, even credit card companies shut down your card. Mm-hmm. Your personal banking. Yeah, your personal banking can be shut down. So how long is it going to be before we as gamers buy the wrong game or have the wrong game in our library or put the wrong game up on eBay? Or the wrong book. Or go and hang out with someone. When When is it going to become the social credit system of China? You know? When is it going to be, oh, you... You played in the game with this person, and they so happen to be this, so guess what? You're getting negative marks. You're getting added to a list. Gonna check it twice. Gonna see who's naughty or nice. Mm. Communism is coming to town. And it's a horrible thing to, to think about where we used to be the live and let live people. There were few lines you could cross. Yeah, you do you. That would completely excommunicate you. And now we've gone back into a thing of Puritans, but at least with the last batch, we knew where they drew the line. They actually had a little book that told them when to stop. Uh, yep. These new ones, their little book tells them never stop, never give back an inch. Never give up, never surrender was just a line from a movie, people. It was meant to be inspirational, not say continue fighting. Keep firing, assholes! Basically. I'm sorry, I needed to add a moment of levity. We're so depressing. Oh, it's one of those things where you begin to sympathize with the Empire from Star Wars because you realize that the Rebellion had no idea how to rule. They had no idea how to actually build up infrastructure. They only knew how to tear it down. It's true, the Rebellion had no plan after they defeated the Empire. They never revealed one. They were just there to defeat the big bad evil guy and then just... Let the pieces fall on the ground in what way they may. I uh, Maybe Mon Mothma had something in her back pocket, you know, for setting up a new republic. But I'm pretty sure anything that Bail Organa had planned went right out the window. You know, there was kind of a, a little explosion. That kind I was going to say, back. it's more right out the Atmo. <laughs> right out the Atmo, yeah, no shit. But, you know, it, it's one of those things of you feel for it because all all it was originally trying to do was maintain order and then it got corrupted over time to where it became the galactic empire simply because the system became bloated and unruly which just let someone in to become what it 
eventually became. That's how you get a Palpatine, is you let the system rot, and then it forms, you know? Oh, speak about rot. Hey, 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 a little aside from gaming, but still, it can be useful in some aspect of running a game later, when, if, especially if you're doing a cyberpunk-style dystopia. But uh, in last year, last calendar year, so between January 1st to December 31st, violent crime in New York went up by n over 90%. Even with lockdowns and quarantines, violent crime went up almost double. Suicides? Fucking scary big. And they've also been the largest source of people running away from their uh, location that they live at, followed by California. Funny how these utopias have the greatest amount of crime and people fleeing. Mm hmm. Hmm. It's kind of like it doesn't work. Beacons of the world of tomorrow! Ooh, that was good. <laughs> Well done, sir. Anyway, I think we're getting a little long. This has actually been a very depressing episode, but it was stuff that needed to be said, got off our chest. Uh, we're with you, other fellow gamers. Definitely. And we'll still keep making content, but we're just going to play it a little... <sighs> yawn! Yawn! There, it's in your head. Yawn. Uh, we're going to play it close to the chest and, you know, run, run through the shadows, man. Yep, and I think I'm just going to end off today's episode with my final thoughts, uh, because uh, with the exodus happening towards Parlor right now, and if it stays up and running, hopefully it will, it is a legitimate business, I don't see why it shouldn't, and they have a larger user base than other sites now due to the exodus, uh, which kind of lends credibility that the moral majority may not be so majority as they think. Uh, but our new uh, subscribers on Parlor, I definitely thank you for jumping on board. I'm going to definitely keep posting dank memes and other gaming stuff and keep ranting and raving about, of course, our favorite hobby, gaming. I would also like to point out that we're available not just through Podbean, but we are also available on Amazon. So, you can get us on your Alexa. We're also on iTunes. And some third site that I can't remember because it's really important. <laughs> yeah, we're on iTunes and uh, Amazon primarily. And, yeah, shit. Oh, yeah, we're on Spotify, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I was at, my mind just kind of went off on the site because I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I should list off which sites we're on. And then I remembered we're on, like, this one website I've never even heard of. And, like, I clicked on it once and we had, like, one download. I'm like, how the hell are our episodes winding over here? I never even signed our name on the dotted line to uh, project our RSS feed onto their website. But yeah, the major ones is Spotify, iTunes, and Amazon. So you'll find us there. I'm planning... 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 We'll see how time goes now that I have a job. But I'm planning on making more videos for YouTube uh, based on the Rifts theme for more lore and background than that because as one user pointed out, it's actually one of the few game uh, books that's not really covered. I mean, D&D &D gets all the love. And then followed up by Pathfinder. And then followed by Pathfinder. But Rifts has been out uh, since the late 80s, early 90s, and gets no major love. So it's time I start making like maybe a video series of lore. So my final that thoughts is you can find us. might be a good way for us to take the podcast for a while. Yeah. It's pretty safe content. Not only that, but... Another book series I'd love to get more into now that I have my own core book copy, Silver Age Sentinels. Hell yeah, Silver Age is a great book. And I made sure to get the Tristad. Mm hmm. Alright, well, that's my final thoughts. Is we're available on the internet, you can find us. And I'm doing stuff. My final thoughts are mm. keep playing games. You know, keep making all your... Uh, Keep making all your characters. Keep making your worlds. Keep going. But walk more carefully these days, people. Not only with the whole thing of whether or not you are high risk to get sick and fall, or if it's just a thing of trying to find a group that isn't going to, you know, set you up in front of the firing squad. Make sure that you know what you want to do with your gaming and game that way. Don't let anyone tell you different.
Darth <laughs> Blasphemous signing off. Hail to the dark side. Game Goblin, going back to my crypt. Gina Carano is so sexy.